folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family. Uh, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday morning as I am recording this. Uh, following last night's game, uh, I, I recorded a post-game podcast for last night, so if you are still hoping to get some reaction to that, then great. Uh, in the third segment, uh, make sure to go listen to that one. I talked about the reporting on Jamal Murray, on Michael Porter Jr., uh, including just my general thoughts on it and, and where things sort of stand uh, for the team, for everybody else, how we sort of see this going in terms of when they are returning. But I wanted to get more into it in this podcast. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Going to go over the Jamal Murray scenarios, the Michael Porter Jr. scenarios, and then talk about the rotation and where it sort of stands uh, that when those guys do end up coming back, and I think it's a when, not an if right now, when those guys come back, what is the team going to look like and, and how are they going to play? What are some of the the playoff uh ramifications that are going to go on. And and to be clear, it's all speculative, right? Like nobody really knows. This is just me giving my thoughts on where I think Michael Malone is going to take this, what I think is the most likely thing to happen, etc. But I want to talk through the Murray scenarios, the Porter scenarios, and the rotation and what fans can really expect or hope to expect from this. So let's get into Jamal Murray first. We'll do Porter second and then the rotation third. I'm going to go through this uh, for both of those guys just as a a general kind of Q&A to start. Uh, The range that I expect Jamal Murray to be back. Uh, According to Chris Dempsey on the broadcast last night, he expects him back sometime next week during their homestand. Uh, That's aggressive from kind of what I've heard and and like I said last night on the podcast it it sort of seems a little bit early given that he's just starting the 4 on 4 the 5 on 5 etc he's practicing again today we'll see how he reacts to that how everything sort of goes from there but I do think that it may be quicker than people realize and and maybe Chris knows a little bit more than I do on this front and I'm willing to be wrong on that that's absolutely Something that I'm very happy being wrong about. If Murray is a little bit, uh, if he's a little bit more ready sooner than expected, I would be shocked by it personally, just from everything that that I've heard on my end. But if it is that quick turnaround, then the soonest we could probably see him back is probably in the March 22nd to March 26th range. That seems great. Uh, I don't expect it. My personal guess would be April 1st against Minnesota or April 5th against the Los Angeles Lakers. Both of those games are at home. They're kind of in the midst of Denver's last few road games. So I wouldn't be surprised if Denver tried to get him back for a home game. They do have a couple of options there that are a little bit later than this uh, than this next homestand. But the latest I sort of see Murray getting back, there's not really a latest there. It would probably be sometime during the playoffs on a more muted role, not necessarily playing a whole bunch of minutes, but as more of an option to kind of complement what Denver's already established. 
And that's sort of how I see his overall role going, but we'll talk about that here now. I sort of doubt that it happens where he's returning to the playoffs. I think that he's going to be back sooner than that. I would be surprised if he came back for the play, like just in the playoffs. I think that he's going to try to get back sooner. And I think that the window here is very clearly about April 1st against Minnesota. Whether he gets back sooner than that, just a little bit later than that, it is what it is. But I do think that he will be back in the regular season before the playoffs. Now, what happens if he gets back on the front end of that timeline? What's his role going to look like? Generally, with guys that are coming off of major injuries, long-term injuries, you don't want to throw them into a 30-minute-per-game role and immediately. That seems dumb. Most likely, he'll be about 15 minutes per game for a couple games, 20 minutes per game for a couple games, trying to ramp it up just a little bit, depending on how he feels. That's how Clay Thompson approached it. That's how Zach Levine approached it. This is obviously a different timeline, a different situation for Murray than either of those two guys. Uh, But I do think that Denver's going to be cautious with him. They're definitely not going to throw him into the fire immediately. I would be shocked if he started. I guess there is a possibility that he immediately starts. But I do think that it's more than likely that... It's more than likely that he would come off the bench in a backup shooting guard capacity. That's kind of where I see it, even on the front end. If it's on the back end, where it's a little bit more closer to in the playoffs or maybe like right before the playoffs start, whether it's two or three games or four games or whatever, I think that he's probably going to play about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then we'll probably stick with that into the playoffs. If he gets back closer to the front end of the the range that I'm expecting back, there's a possibility that he immediately starts or starts by the time the playoffs roll around. But I do think that if you push it back just even a little bit, it becomes even more questionable. But we will see. We will definitely see with him. There's a possibility that Denver goes down 2-0 in a series and then says, all right, Jamal, you're starting. Uh, There's a possibility that he starts from the get-go, isn't great, and then Denver says, all right, Jamal, we need to bring you off the bench. And if that's the case, then I wouldn't be surprised either way. It's it's going to be very odd, at, at least going into it. But I would guess that if I were to kind of split the difference on this, the most likely situation for him in terms of a playoff role, is probably a 15 to 25 minute per game, sixth man type role where he comes off the bench, handles the ball, maybe plays next to Bones or maybe plays next to Bryn Forbes, two guys that could take pressure off of him in different ways. He would overlap with Nikola Jokic just a little bit, but he would also play most, if not all of the minutes with Jokic on the bench. So Denver, in in situations where opposing teams are trying to scout Denver's bench unit, try to find ways how to minimize Bones Highland's impact, uh, maybe DeMarcus Cousins' impact, adding Jamal Murray to that mix is a good idea because he's more unpredictable and he's not necessarily on the scouting report. And he's also just more talented right now, despite the fact that he's coming off a major injury. 
whether he's more successful, I mean, we I, that's a big old guess. Like, you guys know just as much as I do on whether he'll be successful coming off of the injury. But I do have faith that he'll be pretty good. Now, who is affected most by Jamal Murray's return? I'd say Bones Highland, then Bryn Forbes, then Austin Rivers, then Monte Morris. Reason being is that Jamal Murray comes back, you're going to want the ball in his hands. And whether Bones is playing or not playing, like if he's not playing, obviously he'd be most affected. If he is playing though, then Bones and Jamal are probably going to be splitting a lot of the playmaking responsibilities. And Bones has been getting more and more comfortable in a point guard style role. Perhaps he moves off ball a little bit. Perhaps there are sets where it's just the Murray Cousins pick and roll, and then Bones Highland is playing catch and shoot. I do think that Bones has gotten better as he has handled the ball a little bit more. So maybe there's some uh, sets that Denver can go to where Jamal is running off ball. Or if Jamal is playing, then Bryn Forbes is not playing, or Austin Rivers is not playing, or maybe even Monte Morris gets benched at some point. But I do think that that is going to have a, a drastic impact on Denver's guard rotation for a lot of reasons. It also might not. It also might just be, hey, we are going to play you in place of Bryn Forbes, or we're going to play you in place of Bones Highland, and that's just how Denver's going to roll. And if that's the case, then obviously it's it's not that much of an impact. It's just, hey, is he better or worse than those guys? Is the team better or worse in those situations? That's, that's really all it is. Now, what's the likelihood that Jamal stays healthy for an entire playoff run? It's probably higher than people think, although I know it's a cause for concern for a lot of people. Coming back from an ACL tear is obviously like it's it's a very scary prospect. It's a scary thing. And playoff basketball being extremely intense, every possession being serious, that's also definitely cause for concern for this kind of a return. Uh, if I were to guess 30 to 40 playoff minutes is probably the equivalent of 100 regular season minutes from a strain standpoint. So you probably want to mute his role just a little bit so he doesn't have to feel like he's in a difficult position physically. Like obviously everything is difficult and you're trying to work somebody back from a long-term injury. That's obviously going to be pretty, not not necessarily painful, but stressful and strenuous and uh, exhausting. But I do think that if you bring him back, then the reason you bring him back is because he feels 100%. He feels like he's in a good place. And if there's any question as to whether he is 100%, then you take him out. And that's it. That's that's just how it has to be. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. How much better will the Nuggets be when Jamal returns? It's hard to tell to what degree they will be better. But I do think that they should be better. The talent might feel muted at times with the injury, but the scoring versatility will help. As I said, he adds a certain variable that teams won't have game plan for, that they won't uh, know necessarily how it impacts Denver because Denver doesn't know it themselves. So they're going to try to figure this out on the fly. And while it might hurt Denver at times from a chemistry and communication standpoint, and maybe he's just not as good, uh, I do think that 
generally in these situations for teams like Denver, where the talent isn't necessary at its highest threshold without those top guys, regular season offensive rating, regular season defensive rating, they're harder to replicate in the playoffs when the opponent can game plan for it. So you have to have counters and you have to have talent that kind of supersedes that at times. So Murray adds that variable. Can the Nuggets win a title on the f- like with Jamal Murray on the floor? Maybe. I sort of it's tough, right? Like I think there are a lot of people that should be excited. There are a lot of people that should feel a little bit like indifferent in this case. But I do think that if you're the Nuggets and you feel that you have at least a puncher's chance to get to the finals, Jamal Murray helps that because you know what he's done. You you can have that confidence that he's in a good place and that his good place can really lift you over the top because of what he's done before. And he's done it in multiple postseasons, right? Like it's not it's not perfect and he hasn't been like it hasn't been a hundred percent, but if he gives you a game or two or three during a playoff series where it takes it from, okay, so we've had Nikola Jokic doing things for five, six, seven games. Now you have a game from Jamal Murray that lifts you over the top maybe once or twice. Now you just need one other guy in a series to really push you over the top. And whether that's Will Barton, whether that's Monte Morris, whether it's Bones Highland, whether it's Aaron Gordon, I don't know. But Denver having those guys and having plenty of options, I think that helps. And I do think that Murray raises the ceiling. I do think that giving him some time to get back is probably the most important thing. But when he does get back, teams are going to react to him like he's Jamal Murray. They're not going to react to him like he's some schlub. Like they're going to respect him. And if they don't, then he has the capability to really burn them. So I do think we are going to be in a situation where Denver has a massive effect with Jamal Murray back. And then he's capable of doing the thing, of making it really difficult for whoever the Nuggets end up playing, whether it's Golden State, whether it's Memphis, whether it's Dallas, whether it's Utah, I don't know. But I think we're going to enjoy it for sure. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to get into Michael Porter Jr. scenarios. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, The teams that have been selected for the biggest tournament in the year, uh, they are getting ready. And we've actually already gotten started. I've just watched the CSU first half against Michigan. CSU definitely is the size underdog in that matchup, but they've been shooting the ball well. They've been playing really well. I think they're they're up right now. Uh, hopefully that doesn't change in the time that I actually record this podcast, but or in the time that this gets posted, that would suck. But either way, DraftKings Sportsbook, they are giving you all of the action, giving customers a shot to bet just $5 on any team. And if that team wins, you get $200 in free bets. It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with new same game parlays where you combine multiple bets from the same game 
for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. It's that simple. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS, where you bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code MHS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. folks we're back pickaxe and roll ryan blackman here thank you so much for tuning in if you could it'd be awesome if you could rate review and subscribe to the podcast five stars on apple Podcasts, spotify google wherever you get your podcasts that would be fantastic always makes a difference always sharing out the program uh, it makes it makes things a lot better and, and it helps me out in a massive way so uh every time you do that it, it really makes things just so much it, it makes things really good so thank you so much all right, let's get into the Michael Porter Jr. scenarios right now as we uh sort of getting into that time where Porter could be back. And I think the soonest we could possibly see him is on Sunday. Uh, this, this Sunday, March 20th versus Boston, is the earliest I can see. I think it's unlikely. I think if I were a betting man, then I think that they probably wait until later in that homestand to bring him back. But it is possible that when he does come back, is like a 22nd, the 24th, the 26th, so sometime next week. And let's be honest, even if it is just Michael Porter Jr. who comes back and it's not Jamal Murray at the same time, how much of a massive boost is that from just a shooting perspective, from a dynamic playmaking and scoring perspective? Porter isn't going to... Uh, set the dribbling record in terms of how many dribble moves he can make uh, to really break down his guy. But he is going to space the floor. He's going to rebound the ball. He's going to be extremely helpful and extremely dangerous. And a lot of folks are going, and a lot of opposing teams, really what I mean, are going to react to him very strongly. That even if he comes back for, uh, I don't know, let's say, say 15 minutes off the bench. Let's say he plays in place of Jermichael Green. What's that going to be like for opposing teams where, okay, so you've got Bones, you've got Brad Forbes, you've got Austin Rivers, you've got DeMarcus Cousins, and now you've got Michael Porter Jr. in place of Jermichael Green. And you've got to stay absolutely glued to him along with glued to Bryn Forbes while Bones and Boogie are going through their pick and roll dance and Boogie's posting up. Jamichael was having his man double off of him at times, and, and it was putting him into great positions where he could rebound the ball offensively, and also just finding the holes in the zone in uh, in the pick-and-roll coverage. That was definitely a big deal, and so he's been navigating that really well. But there's also something to just having two dead-eye shooters who can't be left. And if that's the case, then Bones is going to have 
a field day. Austin Rivers is going to have driving lanes for days. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for those guys just within that scheme, just within that system. So I would expect 15 minutes per game for a couple games. And then depending on how he does, depending on how he feels, then I think Denver ups his minutes to more of a sixth man style role where he's playing 20 to 25 minutes, the most minutes off the bench. Uh, He'll probably be the first sub off the bench in a lot of cases for Jeff Green. And then Denver kind of decides whether they want to have him start or come off the bench heading into the playoffs. And I actually think that he is more likely to start now than Jamal Murray is. Just because I think if you're heading into a playoff series, you're going to trust Jeff Green. And there's definitely something to that. But you also want to make things easy for Nikola Jokic. You want to make things easier for Monte Morris and Will Barton. And having the three-point spacing, I think, is a big deal where Michael Porter Jr.'s man can't leave him to kind of go over the back of Nikola Jokic or maybe if Aaron Gordon's ducking in and you've got a post up on the other side. So you've got Nikola Jokic posting up. You've got Aaron Gordon trying to wait to duck in on the other side and Jeff Green in the corner. Well, Nikola Jokic can hit Michael Porter Jr. in the corner and know that he's going to hit 45% of those threes pretty reasonably. With Jeff Green, it's not really that simple. It's more about 35% at this point. And just having that difference, I think, is a really big deal. So Denver, in all likelihood, if he gets back on the front end of that general window from about March 20th to, let's say, April 1st, I think the latest Denver brings him back is probably April 1st or so. If you bring him back at that point, then I think that it's probably more 15 to 20 minutes until the start of the playoffs, and then he probably stays on the bench at that point. But if you can get him back into the starting lineup and feel pretty good, then I'd expect his playoff role from if he's coming back a little bit earlier. I'd expect his playoff role to really progress a little bit, and maybe he's playing 20 to 30 minutes a night. Closing some of the games, maybe not all of them, but he'll serve primarily as a floor spacer and somebody who's kind of the backside rotation guy on defense. And maybe he'll even have some games where he breaks his guy down off the dribble and he can get into his own jump shots and cuts and just things like that that are going to be really helpful for the Nuggets offense. Now, sometimes he'll come off the bench or not come off the bench. Sometimes he'll probably be in a situation where Denver doesn't want to have him as like a defensive liability in a lot of cases. Maybe they'll close with Austin Rivers in place of him. Maybe they'll just close with Jeff Green over him. And as Jeff Green is probably somebody I trust a little bit more man on man and also making the proper rotations at the right time, I do think that Porter's a better rebounder and might be able to finish those possessions a little bit better. But it is very possible that Jeff Green's just a a more reliable piece for Denver for the majority of that time. So if that's the case, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Just especially like he's been in the league for 14, 15 years and Porter's still trying to figure it out and he's coming off a major injury. So there's no shame in that. But I do think that his range is pretty wide 
on his role. Like, I think if Murray comes back, I, I would be surprised if he played that 35 plus minute per game kind of role. If Porter comes back, I think that he could play 10 to 15 minutes off the bench. If things don't go well, he could play 20 to 25 minutes. And that's kind of where I mostly see him. Or he could play 35 plus if he's feeling better than expected and he's shooting well. Denver might be in that position where they need that. So who is affected most by his return? I would say it's probably Jeff Green most, but depending on where Denver decides to put him, it could be Jamichael Green and he could slide to the four. It could be Austin Rivers and he could replace him and they go mostly offense on the second unit. I don't think that's probably going to happen. And that's why I think if DeMarcus Cousins maybe is the guy that they cut from the rotation, maybe they go five out and they try to play Jamichael at the five, Porter at the four. That's a little bit different than playing Jamichael at the five and Zeke Naji at the floor at the four. It's also a little bit different from playing um, four guards, which would suck. But residually, I do think that Bryn Forbes is a guy that could be impacted where you move Austin Rivers to the two as more of a defensive guy to always have on the court. And then you play Porter at the three, Jamichael at the four, Cousins at the five. That could be a very unique look. And then Will Barton. I think there's a possibility that in some games, you might close with a lineup of, let's say, Morris, Rivers, Gordon, Porter, Jokic, or Porter, Gordon, Jokic, whichever you want. And you have kind of the three forward slash center options that you're hoping for at the outset. And you have Morris in there as your reliable kind of two-man guy with Jokic. But then you have Rivers in there as a defensive option. There's a lot of different ways that Denver can go. And I do think that having the versatility is the most important thing, but I do think that that's it's just, just a wide range of players that Porter's return could really affect. Now, what's the likelihood that he stays healthy for an entire playoff run? I think it's actually reasonably high. Like The re-injury risk is always going to be a thing, but it's going to be a thing for the rest of his career. It's I, I do think that if he comes back, if he's feeling good, I wouldn't necessarily be as worried about it from a re-injury risk like that's always going to be there, but it's not going to be there any less in the regular season than it is in the postseason. What's the likelihood? Uh, or no, just kidding. How much better will the Nuggets be when he returns? I think they'll probably be marginally better. Just because Denver's an average three-point shooting team right now. If there's any layer of Denver's game that I think is most important for this thing, it's that's. Porter can really get hot from three and that he's a guy that teams are going to have to respect on a consistent basis. Right now, Morris is the only truly consistent three-point shooter in Denver's rotation. Uh, Bones can get hot and cold. Barton can get hot and cold. Gordon is more like if he hits it, you're happy, but teams are very happy with Gordon really settling there. Jeff Green right now, same thing. Jokic is probably going to be more consistent in the playoffs, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he fell off a little bit just from an energy standpoint. So having Porter in there as a guy that really truly spaces the floor, other than I guess Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes is another consistent three-point percentage guy. Like I I missed him. Having Morris, Forbes, and Porter in there at all times, I feel is is a good positive thing for Denver. 
Uh, those guys will always make things easier for the rest of the actions. And as long as they don't try to freestyle a little bit too much and just more focus on what they're good at, Denver's going to be just fine. Um, can Denver win a title with him on the floor if he's the only guy? So probably not by himself. He has those important strengths, but he also has important weaknesses from a defensive perspective, uh, from a basketball IQ perspective. Like sometimes there will be things that a team like the Phoenix Suns does that he won't be able to keep up with. And, and it's both from a kind of a physical limitation side with his back, but also a I don't want to say mental like I it is it is a mental thing, but it's more of a like he just hasn't been on the floor. He hasn't seen these sets in a while. There are going to be things that because you haven't played, you're going to be a little bit slow to adjust to. And I think that that's probably where I see him struggling the most. Like there's going to be some like elevator door sets or there's going to be some reads that he's going to uh, screw up as the weak side guy where you have to know the scouting report on certain players. And if he doesn't know it or if he doesn't react to it in time, then that could be where some of the advantages kind of go away with him. But I do think that you want him back. You want him healthy. You want to see whether he can be that dude. You've given him a max contract. You understand, hey, this is a player that we really believe in going forward. And we want him to be a part of things for the long haul. If that happens, then great. If you don't get to see that, if you don't get to see where his progress is and whether he can make an impact, then this is probably a lost year. So you need all the help that you can get. And I would be shocked if Denver didn't try to bring him back and see, okay, what can he be? But we will see. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about where the rotations are going to be most affected if both guys are available. We will be right back. back final segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love and support as always all right let's get into how these rotations are going to be most affected if both guys are back because i think we're denver's kind of gotten into a nice rhythm of late where you've seen the rotations you've seen what the starting lineup looks like you see how michael malone likes to do things i think he's been extremely consistent with his rotations over the course of these past few weeks, and it's helped Denver play really well. They've put themselves into a position where they are constantly knowing who they are, and having that knowledge has really helped them progress. And so when you introduce big-time players, your second and third best players, whether they're healthy, whether they are capable, it's hard to tell sometimes, but I do think that if you're the Nuggets and you're getting back Murray and Porter, you're going to have some massive changes and massive alterations to what you were doing previously. Now, if Murray and Porter are back, there are going to be situations where the rotations are let, let's say let's say they don't, let's say they aren't back, actually. 
The rotation will probably look very similar to what it looks like right now. You'll have Morris, Barton, Gordon, Jeff Green, Jokic. Austin Rivers will probably be a big minutes guy off the bench. You'll probably have Jermichael Green be a big minutes guy off the bench. But then you'll probably also have Bones Highland and Bryn Forbes kind of split that other guard spot a little bit more. And then you're just going to have Jokic and Morris and Barton and guys like that. They're all going to play close to 35 to 40 minutes a night. And you're just going to mix and match at that point. Less about full on units and more about who is going to be ready to go and who, who can you rely upon. But let's say Murray and Porter are back. Here's how I would project things right now. I think that you're probably going to go, like, assuming that Porter is back in a reasonable amount of time, I think that he's probably back in the starting unit. I think that you're starting Monte Morris, 30 plus minutes a night. You're starting Will Barton, 30 plus minutes a night. You're starting Michael Porter, and he's probably playing about 20 to 30 minutes in general. You're starting Aaron Gordon at 30 plus minutes a night, and you're starting Nikola Jokic at 35 plus minutes a night. He might get up into the 40 to 45 minute range as well, depending on how healthy he is, how well the bench units are doing, etc. But that's what your starting lineup is probably going to look like, at least for the majority of those games. His uh, and Porter's spacing is going to be a massive impact. And having a guy who can do that consistently is going to be a big, big deal. But we're also talking about Jamal Murray coming back. And you guys know me. I've been biggest Jamal Murray fan for most of my time here. And I still think that he'd probably come off the bench. I think that he'd probably play about 15 to 25 minutes per game as primarily the backup point guard. And so he would play maybe the two next to Monte. At times, he'd play the one uh, with Bones probably playing the two, or maybe Bryn Forbes playing the two a little bit. But I do think that Murray comes off the bench because I just don't think that there's going to be enough time to bring him back into the starting unit. Now, he might, and that could that could definitely, like, I could be wrong on this, but that's what I would project right now. Ben Murray plays 15 to 25 minutes. I bet Bones and Bryn Forbes, one of those two, plays about 10 to 20 minutes. think that Austin Rivers plays the backup small forward position. 10 to 25 minutes per game. His range is the widest of everybody, even Porter. I think backup power forward, you probably have Jeff or Jermichael Green, depending on the situation. They play about 15 to 25 minutes per game. Again, depending on the situation. And then at backup center, you've got DeMarcus Cousins or Jermichael Green, one of the two. Those guys are playing about 10 to 15 minutes a night, depending on foul trouble, depending on success rate, things like that. But that's probably what you're looking at. You're probably looking at a nine or 10 man rotation, most likely 10. And they could cut it down. They could absolutely cut it down a little bit, but you've got like 12 or 13 guys that you could probably choose between. Davon Reed will not be a choice. He's a two-way guy. Um, I think that Zeke Naji is a choice, but he's very likely on the low end of that totem pole, despite the fact that I think he's very good, and I think that he could be very helpful in a lot of different situations. My guess is that if you're the Nuggets, you're thinking, 
if Jeff Green's gone next year, if Jermichael Green's gone next year, then Zeke Naji's the guy that you're going to have to have step up and rely upon. And so they'll probably eventually get to that. But doing so in year three for Zeke as opposed to year two might make some more sense. But I don't expect him to play. I think that Bones has really acquitted himself. He has a more likelihood of playing. Though if Murray is playing pretty well, then there's a possibility that you prefer that he has that role instead. Here are the lineups that I'm most looking forward to seeing in the playoffs, if everybody is healthy and available. Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic. Obviously, that's the lineup that everybody was hoping for, everybody was expecting. And if you get to that position where you can play that lineup, even if it's not the starting group, but you just have it for a couple minutes here or there, then that's probably something you're really excited about. It's at least something that's emotionally that you have to be excited about. Another one, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Austin Rivers, Jamichael Green, Nikola Jokic. This is one where I would expect kind of a, a hybrid lineup between the starters and the bench. You've got Morris and Jokic who are probably going to be the starters, but I do think that there will be times where you go with You're going to obviously try to get Jamal Murray in there, but there are going to be times where you want Austin Rivers in there as the primary defensive guard. And then I think there are going to be times where you want Jermichael Green as your backline defender. He's probably the most reliable guy that you have in those cases where you play Jokic pretty aggressively up high, and then you play Jermichael Green as the rotation guy down low. And he's somebody that I trust in those situations to be both a rebounder, but also a rotation guy who... If you have to switch out onto a center, then he can do that. If he has to switch out onto a guard, then he can do that reasonably well too. He just has to avoid foul trouble. And if he can avoid that, then great. That'll be the most important thing for him. Next lineup, Jamal Murray, Bones Highland, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. This is one of those lineups that's like a fan fiction for the Nuggets because uh, there's a very strong, well, not strong, but there's a, at least a possibility that this is the starting lineup for the Nuggets in like 2023-2024. And it might not happen immediately, and there's still some things the Bones has to work on. But I think there's a distinct possibility that Murray and Bones come in for Monte Morris and Will Barton. And then you just play this lineup for a minute or two every first and every third quarter. And you just try to go on a 10-0 to run with it on three possessions, on four possessions, because of how much you can score. You're going to blitz the opposing team. You're going to do everything that you can to uh, just make it as difficult as possible for you to stop them, or for, for them to stop you. And you could probably make that happen. Like, who, who do you leave in that situation if you're putting Gordon in the in the dunker spot, let's say? Then you've got Murray on the perimeter, you've got Bones on the perimeter, you've got Porter on the perimeter, and you've got Jokic kind of facilitating in the middle of the floor. That's insane. That is an insane spacing lineup. Now, it might not be good enough from a defensive perspective, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It's just something that I'd like to see at least a few possessions of. And then here's the most likely closing lineup in my eyes, 
Actually, this is one of two. You've got Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, and Nicole Jokic. And then you've got another version where you have Will Barton in place of Jeff Green. But this is one of those lineups where you need the steadiness of a Jeff Green and of an Aaron Gordon kind of as the defensive options. I do think that Jeff Green would be better in a playoff setting than he is in a regular season setting because he's going harder. But you also need the variability of having two ball handlers that you really trust in Monte Morris and Jamal Murray. Because let's say you're playing a team like the Dallas Mavericks, for example. They have Luka Doncic, they have Dorian Finney-Smith, they'll have Spencer Dinwiddie, and they'll have Jalen Brunson in all likelihood on the floor for closing time. And then you'll have Dwight Powell for them, or Maxi Kleba as the five to defend Jokic. But let's say you've got that lineup. Dorian Finney-Smith will de- will be defending one of Morris or Murray, probably Murray. And then you'll have Monte Morris being defended by Jalen Brunson in all likelihood. That's a matchup that Denver can take advantage of. Like Jalen Brunson is a good defender, but he's also pretty small. And if you have a guy like that and you force a switch and he's guarding Jokic, then you're going to have to have other guys who can take advantage of that and do that on a consistent basis. So I think that Denver being able to go to lineups like that, having the versatility to go to different lineups like that and the trust in their guys is just so important. And the key here is options, right? Where you've got high caliber options for a lot of different situations. You need a playmaking guard. You can now go to Murray instead of just trusting Bones. If you need a floor spacing forward, you can now go to Michael Porter Jr. instead of just Jeff Green or Jermichael Green. Not all of the pressure is going to be on Monte Morris or Bones Highland. Not all of the pressure is going to be on Aaron Gordon or Jeff Green or Jermichael Green, etc. You're going to be in a situation where you can play with a lot of different configurations and lineups, and there's going to be a lot to figure out. I do know that. But for the most part, you're just going to be hopeful that you can get to the lineups healthy. You can get to the playoffs in a situation where you can have those options at your disposal. And then you cross that bridge when you come to it. You just see whether the guys are going to be helpful. And I am just very hopeful for this team that if you have Jokic playing the way that he is, if you have Monte Morris and Aaron Gordon and Will Barton playing the way that they are, you just add another couple of guys that can eventually get to, I don't know, 15 to 20 points for Murray and then 10 to 15 points for Gordon or for Porter, and you shoot reasonably efficiently and they drag the attention of the defense pretty consistently too. There's going to be a lot of positives for the Nuggets in this situation. But we're going to have to see. That'll do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support, as always. I will be back 
Friday night, Saturday morning to react to Denver's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland doesn't have Jared Allen for that game, I, I believe. He's going to not be available. And if you're the Nuggets, then you have to take advantage of that situation, just like Philly took advantage of it with Joel Embiid on Wednesday night. Denver is going to be facing Evan Mobley and Laurie Markkinen and Kevin Love as the interior defenders, Dean Wade as an interior defender. The Nuggets need to take advantage. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Talk to you guys very soon. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.